This is the Ross Grimsley Show. The Ross Grimsley Show is presented by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center and ask for Mobile One. Now, here's the old left-hander, Ross Grimsley. Hey, welcome everybody. Thanks for joining us today. We're coming to you from the Live Casino Hotel Studio. Joining me as he does every week, Kyle Ottenheimer. Kyle, how you doing, buddy? I uh, can't complain. Watching, can't complain. Watching the series? I have, although I'm disappointed. I don't know if I'm disappointed, but you know, with all the stuff going on around the Astros. Oh yeah. I was the way the Nationals were playing, you thought maybe it was going to be a bit of a different scene than we have right Absolutely now. But right. Uh, ultimately, I can't complain about a game six and seven with no, the pitching God, matchups that, that's, that's that we have on yeah, deck. That's been the whole thing. Before we get to it, let's talk a little bit about uh, something to eat. Why not? Uh, 4100 North Point Boulevard, Costa's Inn. They're known far and wide for the great steamed crabs and crab cakes. They have nightly specials that include crab cake night on Mondays, rib night on Tuesdays, steak night on Wednesdays, and lobster night on Thursdays. On that Wednesday night, steak night, you get a bottle of wine for half price. You can't beat that. Check out costasin.com and find out more. They'll also ship those delicious Costa crab cakes mm. anywhere in the United States. So Costa's in, 4100 North Point Boulevard. It's almost crab time. Weekly tradition. Yes, Set it the is. Tuesday, 901. <laughs> Think about crab cakes. You got it. You got it. Well, talk about the series. You know, the first the first couple games – Nationals gets off, get off to a, a great start. Everyone knows you don't want to play at home in the World Series. God, no. If, if, the, if the Nationals win tonight, it'll be the first time ever a road team has won six games. How do you, is that I, just I, I, that's, pure coincidence, right? Like, is there I, any absolutely. way? Absolutely. It has to be. I mean, and the thing, you look at uh, the Nationals, they come off, they had a, a, a week or longer uh, in sure. between. Sure. The playoff championships and the, the, Nats and the World were riding Series momentum. The Nats were, I mean, and so they you figured that the layoff would would hurt them. Now Houston plays the Yankees. They battled through that. Then they go right into the to the thing. So I think when they when they got past the Yankees, yeah, uh, and kind they of they, they just a little bit. they just took <sighs> okay we made it. So now they kick back, even though they had Garrett Cole and uh, and Verlander going. I mean that's the key, right? Like oh, but, those two guys were off. And then ultimately, yes. the Nationals were just uh, unable they, to get guys Everybody was off. They weren't, and, and then the Astros bats were. And no, that, yeah. they were. I mean, they've turned it around. Now they're hitting three ninety. Springer's, you pretty, know, pretty Spring, good. everybody, <laughs> everybody's swinging the bat. But I mean, you just they they had the little meeting after the second loss, and uh, they didn't hit. They didn't drive guys in with runners in scoring position. Uh, I mean, they were they were just terrible the first two games, and against good good pitching. By the you know, so you got to tip your hat to the the national pitching. That Scherzer injury, right? Like neck spasms. Yes. I. It's easy for a fan to sit back and say, well, I can imagine that either A, like, oh, how could he pitch two days or three days after having such bad neck spasms that he yeah. was unable to pitch? Like how bad could they really be to make him right. unable to pitch? Now, have you ever experienced those I, in your I, career? Yes, I had that. Not a lot, but enough. And what happens? It goes right down your back, uh, right where, you, especially if uh, your here your spine's important. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> your spine head. But anyway, th- there's a, a muscle, and it gets it knots up. It's spasmic, and there's really nothing you can do about it except I mean, there's no way a stem machine or right, any right. or massage or whatever. I mean, well, no cortisone shot's going to make it go away. Cor- right cor- there. I mean, I, I've had it before, but where not it, immediately. That's no, like a, no, it takes it takes. It's just like any any shot you get cortisone. 
or any uh, anti-inflammatory thing, it takes you know maybe 24 hours. So, but once you get this thing yeah. in your back, in your neck, and what ha- it starts in your neck and it goes down a lot of times, and you get this knot, and you can't take a deep breath. Hmm. I mean, much less throwing a baseball. Sure, I, right, I couldn't. I standing mean, th- and moving no, around is tough enough. Right? I mean, sneeze. Forget sneezing. Yeah. That that. But it it knots up so tight, and there's nothing that you can do to get rid of it other than usually a shot or just just time it goes away. So, and that being said, right with. Three days now between when he was supposed to pitch and when he would be projected to pitch. Granted, they still have to win Game Six to even give him yes. a chance to pitch that game. But and there's no guarantee that he's going to pitch because once I mean it might go away, but it will still be sore. So I mean that will uh, take away because if you're hurting. But at that point, is it a pain tolerance thing? It it, it restricts what you can do. Right. I mean, anytime. Uh, anytime you're sore as a pitcher, and, and I mean you're talking, you know, the, especially control guys like you're, you got four, five of the best pitchers in baseball sure. on these two teams. So you take away uh, your. It's not like Verlander pitching on three days rest. He never did it. Never ever did it. He's 160 right. something and 33. Like it's or whatever. different enough where you're. Well, he didn't. He'd never done it before right. in his career. Uh, how do I prepare for this? Mm-hmm. What do I do in between starts? And we saw what happens because what you you come back too early a lot of times, and then you've never done it. You didn't know what to do in between. You don't feel as strong as you normally do. It's probably, I mean, that's one of the problems now. Guys don't know how to pitch when they're not sure. 100%. So what what do you normally do if you're not 100%? I'm going to give a little Overthrow, bit extra. Right, yeah. I'm going to give a little extra to try to get where I think I should be. Now, do you think Scherzer's a weird guy, right? Like, uh, who knows what's going on in his head, but... He's been pitching long enough successfully to sure. you'd think understand those nuances, right? Like well, I, it's I, it 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 happens if you've never done it, but and it happens to a lot of guys. You see it now. Well, guys are never in a in a position now to pitch tired, to pitch with them. Well, if you don't have your best stuff, how do I? If you've never done it, how do I? How do I make adjustments? What do I do? Right. You take what you got. And you locate the ball. Sure. You try to locate it, but a lot of things now is power. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw as hard as I can. And, and not that he does that, but if you've never done it. Mean, he throws it, pretty damn hard. Well, I yeah. not pretend that he but, doesn't. But, like, but, the, right, the, he knows. but the mindset, your mind sometimes, i got to get to where I, I normally am. Sure. So you overthrow, and we saw it. He missed up in the zone, which happens when you feel that way. He threw breaking balls that were spinners, which happens because you try to throw them harder than you have to throw them. Yeah, and we saw off, right? we like saw you're... the home run Joe Ross threw. Yeah, uh, th- to uh, uh, who? Correa was it Altuve or Correa? I, it, I, it won him. I, I think it was Correa, it was like but he threw he threw the good that. breaking ball. Yeah. that just missed, and he, they called it a ball, and that could have, you know. I, but it happens. So the next pitch, you got to throw the same breaking ball, and he tried to throw it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Left a spinner home run. You can't link, you can't hang the ball or get the ball up in the zone to these guys. Was that the Correa one where he just didn't even sniff at it? No, the one where it was a really beautiful breaking ball. Oh, really? That was I mean, like it, it's I mean, nearly you perfect. You could have called that a strike, uh, you know. And, and I mean, it's, uh, obviously that's the big thing now. People talking about uh, the umpires. Now we need uh, you know robo umpires, computer. Eh, but you know what? The better team won. The, the calls doesn't make a difference. It's the same thing, I think, also in you know? football, right? Like ten. Look, you might get a few bad calls against your team. Chances are, it's going to even out. Oh yeah, one way or another, right? Like, but the better teams are the better team Talent is going to win. Tends to win, and exactly. that's where 
Are you now to the point now in game six and seven where the bullpen for the Astros is less of a concern? Yes, absolutely. I mean, they got some guys. What uh, the pitch? The pitcher that threw um, what game four? Yeah, or or or, uh, or, or, or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. Now seeing him pitch uh, in the playoffs, this guy has a pretty good idea. He's got he's got a pretty good break. He's got a really sharp breaking ball. He's got a little life on the fastball. He throws he throws the ball around the plate. You wouldn't think a team as good as the Astros would just trot out. You no, know. and he's a homegrown guy, and right. they don't have a lot of homegrown pitchers. He's one of the few that on the team. I think him and Ross are the two. McCullers uh, is recovering still, yes. of course, but but um, but th- those are two guys. And, and as we said, I think I said last week before they start, you're going to see a couple guys have to step up out of the pins uh, to help their team. They did. I don't think the Nats, uh, their bullpen is has is it well they're. they're uh, Earn run average, the sure. bullpen is 489 compared to Houston's well, at been, 391. Yeah, touched up the last couple of yeah. games. Um, in what scenario would you, and would you ever at all in game six, turn to Grinky? Yeah, well, you got to have somebody for seven. I, mean, I know, yeah, right? You like, got, you gotta, you, I mean, you or gotta, you think Cole might be available out of relief I, for an inning or two? Who knows? I mean, I, if it. Yes, if he, depending on how he feels. Right. Obviously. But yeah, I mean, that, that, there's a guy that. Uh, uh, could really <laughs> add to his cash for a free agency. That, I mean, that would, looks like you uh, would think the Astros are, are going to try to do everything in their power to end it tonight. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they don't want to yeah. have to roll the dice with Scherzer, right? Like, and try and play that game where if he's on, you know, like I, I th- if it's if they go in uh, to Game Seven, and uh, I if it becomes a slugfest, Houston wins. Because I, I, I don't think. And, well, it's also and, in d- d- at home, so the yeah. DH is in play. They got one right. more hitter they're going to use. Defensively, uh, I think Houston is better overall. There's so many. Houston's a better team. Bottom line, they uh, you know the it, only real department where you could have maybe questioned it was the starting pitching. Uh, yeah, I mean you, you got uh, both teams have starting pitching. The top if, of it, if, sure. If anything, yeah. and, if anything, this World Series has shown. The importance of having starting pitching, yeah, you know, and then uh, seeing how the bullpens are being uh, during the season, they're being overused. They're being, I mean, you got to have a deep uh, roster, forty man roster with with pitchers that can come up and spell a guy for uh, uh, you know a week, ten days. To be fair, you're seeing teams, I think, maybe also extend their starters a little longer than yeah. they would in the regular season, you, like going to see, 120 pitches. Oh, really? You're, I mean, you're seeing things uh, in the Playoffs, World Series that you didn't normally see during the during the season. It's a little bit like the NBA, frankly. Like regular yeah, season, yeah, you'll but, limit minutes and you'll try to make it so that right. when they get to the late in the playoffs, they're still going to have some of their best play left. Yeah, and if you if you got a big lead uh, in your division, I mean, you got that. You want to keep guys sharp, but you got to juggle mm-hmm. it how how you do that. And I mean, there's a way to do it. We did it way back, uh, you know, when I played uh, in the seventies. You know, with uh, with Cincinnati, I mean, we uh, and in Baltimore too. I mean, which was, <laughs> and that brings me to another story. You see where uh, uh, the two ladies got suspended? Uh, yes, happened uh, from to, baseball. Yes, 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 going for unlimited amount of time for their transgressions. That, yeah, yes, they were. Uh, they were a little too uh, loose and free at the ballpark. They were trying to uh, promote. Uh, Breast, breast, awareness, cancer awareness. breast cancer yeah, awareness. Yeah, yeah. Breast awareness. Breast cancer awareness. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that reminds me of a story that that now 
being a, a pitcher on the mound, yeah, I mean you're locked in seeing stuff. Well, you're supposed to be tunneled into the glove, right? Exactly right. Now it's it, you can get distracted if you're not. And that's one of the that, that makes a difference in the great pitchers and the good pitchers and the bad pitchers. How you how much you can concentrate on what you're doing. Sure. Now, it, we're, it you go in and out of it sometimes. So I'm pitching in Kansas City one day, and uh, uh, Dempsey comes out, and I was having trouble throwing strikes. They never st- and, and it was, and I was just having having trouble. But I said, Dempsey comes out, Grims, what, what what's wrong? I said, I'm just really, I'm just not, I can't feel it. So and, and th- then I saw something. I said, when you walk back to home plate, look directly behind home plate in the stands, and there was a lady there it was jumping up and down. She looked like she had two puppies in her shirt, and they were wrestling over a biscuit. <laughs> so he turned around and looked at me and started laughing. <laughs> it was, so I'm, did it – getting that off of your chest, did that help you then focus? Well, no, I just, I just told him that because I happened to see it when he was coming out. Now, it had nothing to do with it. I just was out of whack that day. But I said, look at that. I'm having trouble. That, so he walked back. He, start, he turned around and looked at me. He was walking back and started laughing. <laughs> going, yeah, okay, right. That's pretty funny. But it's uh, – yeah. I'm sure there's – you know, it's like I can imagine that it's not always easy. Uh, there's some distractions uh, at the ballpark. It, it is, but the the more the more you play, right. or the more you play, and the, higher and the, the more the more you're or the higher. I mean, in the, in the playoff World Series, I mean, you're it, it, that is. Uh, and me and my wife were talking a lot last night about the, about the World Series and uh, going to it. We went to it in 1972. I was 20, 21, 22 years old. She was pregnant. Mm-hmm. I had everything happen in that in that year. The World Series. We got married. Uh, wow. Had a child. Not a bad year. It was a great. Year. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we were making. I was making eleven thousand dollars a year. Okay. That was minimum. Se- well, that was my second year, so it might have been twelve thousand. Mm-hmm. So the winning, the losing share was fifteen thousand dollars. So I never saw. That's a lot of money. Sure. That's yeah. a lot more that's than we right, made. Right. Yeah. So, so uh, we're staying in, in Memphis. We're at my mom and dad's house, and with the check comes there. Fifteen grand. Yeah, open it up. Look at it. Holy cow! I never seen that coming. Took it down to the bank, cashed it. They put it all in a paper bag, brown paper bag. Took it back to the house. Yeah. Took it out, laid it on the floor, <laughs> rolled around in it, <laughs> put it back in the bag. Took it back down to the bank. Took a picture of it. I don't. We don't have the picture. I don't know That's where hilarious. It but it was. Uh, I mean, I, why not? Right? No. I mean, I've never seen that <laughs> kind of money before in my life. It was. Uh, you know. It was. <laughs> But yeah, we took, That's pretty funny. acted like a bunch of. What was the winning guys. share? Thirty, probably uh, twenty five, thirty, something like that. But it was, I mean, it, and now the sh- the winning share is almost you know almost a half a million dollars. So I think around four something. But and the minimum salary is four. So those, sure. those guys making oh, yeah, minimum yeah. salary that is big time. No, that's no doubt about it. That's but we like, we used to make you know fifteen thousand. I'm going to get a house on the lake. I'm going to get uh, you know <laughs> blah 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 blah. So it was. Uh, I mean, really, it was it was a lot of fun. It was. Uh, but getting getting there was the fun. After you got there, it was kind of like like Houston. I think did they took that deep breath. We made it. So you kind of kick back, and then you got your butt kicked two days in a row. How <laughs> like what? When you get to a game like this, right? If you're Houston on your side, right? Like yeah. the pressure is that you've got a chance to end it, right? Like there's pressure in that where you need to just kind of get it done. And if you lose this one, right, momentum swings back to Washington. For Washington, right, it's win or go home. 
how much more difficult does that make just little things throughout the course of a game? <laughs> Let me tell you about being in the World Series of playoffs. Okay. Now, and I, I was telling somebody, pressure, hey, there's not pressure here. This is what you work for. This mm-hmm. is what you want. It's, I mean, I think the more there was more pressure in the playoffs to get to the World Series. Once you mm-hmm. get the World Series, you take it, we made it, okay. Mm-hmm. Then you gather yourself and go. You usually have a little bit of time in between. Do you think maybe that's – more of a problem for hitters than for pitchers and fielders and, you know, all of that. Like trying to overpress, like trying to maybe. Hey, some guys do, but overall, I mean, you've, you've worked your butt off to get there. Yeah. You know, and it's. Uh, kind of do what you I got. I mean, you, you have, you you wouldn't be there if you wasn't a good team. Right. And you didn't have good players. So you you weren't point, able to confident. concentrate on what. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And you're playing the best against the best. So you're you're able to, you know, uh, pressure and, and I made a comment to somebody. Pressure is when you got a mortgage of a thousand bucks and you got five hundred dollars in the bank. Sure, that's pressure, right? Yeah, and now you got a problem. But uh, playing in the World Series, I mean, that this was fun. These, I mean, it, it's a blast. You know, to, are you to, able to? When you played, were you able to both like savor the moment? No, it took a couple years. Yeah. to really, I. I I collected baseball cards. I played ba- I started playing baseball when I was three years old, four years old. My dad played 16 years, and we, uh, uh, I played, and we played wiffle ball. We played all these little games that, you sure, know, yeah. that helped. And I was fortunate enough uh, to play uh, basketball in high school. We played in front of, you know, it, sometimes it'd be eight, nine thousand mm-hmm. people. So I had that really helped me. What I, what happened in basketball for me helped me. In professional baseball, that prepared you for just a lot. I mean, uh, just how to big crowds, how to concentrate with a crowd, a lot of noise. So I was I was more uh, able to handle that, and was able to concentrate through it because I learned how to do that, and I was you know kind of taught. And uh, my basketball coach, who's still alive, John Clayton in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, was able to do things. And I told him I was able to tell him I said what I learned from you. In high school, I was able to take into Major League hmm. Baseball. So That's it's cool. very, I really appreciate what you did. And between him and my dad, you know, obviously my dad was was there and a big influence, as well as my mom. Yeah. But uh, John Clayton was really, uh, you know, was my dad, my sports dad, basically. Hmm. You know, uh, my dad away from uh, would that my, my family. So. Would your advice to guys playing right now be to try to savor it a little bit? Because like, do you wish you could have? Like, I mean, it, it was it was a to play, uh, you know. I only played a year and a half in professional ball before I went to the World Series. Right. This is something that we watched on TV. We watched in height. We watched in school on the transistor radio. We listened to on the yeah. transistor radio. And how? I mean, it was. The, and now I'm in the World Series. Are you kidding me? Right. I mean, I, we're playing against guys. I played against people. I collected their baseball cards and stuff. And you know, and it took. Uh, There's so much happened in that married. Uh, right that year, they had a baby. That the next uh, it was just kind of like a whirlwind. Well, yeah, and it just took, it took two or three years to go. What just happened? Right. Wow, that that was something. I was I wished I could have done it then, but it was so much going on, and I had to focus on so many different things. You know, one thing at a time, sure. obviously. But it was, uh, uh, yeah, and it just took. After a while, I'm going, oh wow. You know, and, and the thing, I, I uh, there was so much that went on when my, my dad passed in 1994, mm-hmm. and there was so much going on, I wasn't able to grieve his death until later. Wow. 
So I mean, I've just and that was I guess maybe that's the way I was taught to do things. Just focus on stack stack what you had and take right. what you do. And and I, I at one point I forgot how to do that and I had to get some help hmm. on how to do it again. Hmm. Which I was embarrassed to well. go and, and, and talk and I'm going, uh I actually knew how to do this, I forgot how to do it. Huh. So I'm kinda embarrassed, but I was able to, to get wow. it done. So I, I learned from that. But yeah, it was a Life's a learning experience, no experience man. But, no but doubt. It was I mean, something that uh, I wouldn't trade for the world. I mean, you, never, you never forget this, right? No, like, no. This it, is, God, it was uh, it, it, it's special. But, did it uh, make, like, playing regular games feel like when you – look, you have an offseason. I'm sure you get refreshed and you get oh, excited yeah. and ready for the next year. Yeah. But, like, when you stepped out on the field in spring training after having played in the World Series, you look around like, man, this is – No, you, you <laughs> want to do it again. Okay. I mean, it, I, I guess it would be like taking crack or whatever, some <laughs> addictive uh, drug. You want I want more of right, this, and right. that was uh, that was your drug of choice. You know, I want to be back in the playoffs. I want to be back in the World Series. It's uh, I, that was never played, but I played in two more playoffs, and it was uh, not getting back. I know losing in uh, we played the Mets with the, when I was with the Reds in '73. Mm-hmm. Got beaten the playoff. I uh, played the yeah you know, the Mets uh, won. And then the next year, I come to Baltimore. We played Oakland and got beat uh, two to one the last game. Mm. They got one hit. <sighs> Quayar pitched the first five innings. I pitched the last four, <sighs> and they we got beat two to one. And that was just I mean that 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 was probably the toughest uh, series losing and not going because I think I thought we had the better team. We had the better pitching overall, right? And they had Catfish Hunter, Vita Blue. Raleigh fingers, but I, overall, I think we had you know we had pretty a, good staffs a, a, on a, both a sides. Better, a better yeah. staff that were had a better year. You yeah. know, I had my best year there, and it was. Uh, but you know, we get beat two to one, and it was just really, really hard to swallow. I mean, I don't, I just sat in the clubhouse for a while. And I'm going, how could we lose? Yeah, no, and, there's, but you did, you know. So that's the like, I never even came close to playing anything above high school, really. But you know, when seasons end. And it's before, yeah. You wanted it to, right? One of the worst feelings. No, it, it's uh, it, and even uh, in professional ball, because at the end of that, uh, and probably in college or something as well, uh, at the end of it, you just go, you're not going to see some of these guys again. That and went, how yeah. what you, that you could have done this, right. and, and those little games that weren't important at the first of the year right. are very important. Yeah. And and the sooner you understand that, because it's. You hear, well, it's the beginning of the year. We, uh, no. 162 games. Every, every game, yeah. every single game, every pitch, every out, every inning yeah. is, is important. And it's, it's I mean, you got to really, uh, you know, concentrate everything. And it's tough to do. It's really tough to do. And the, and the better players are able to do it more. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and that's what the it's all about. The game has yeah. so many aspects. It's the beautiful oh, part about it. Really. So it, uh, this should be a lot of fun to watch, uh, you know, tonight. I know I've watched every one of them, and just exhausted, you know. It had, and, but it, it's been just to see what happens and seeing what Houston's doing. Again, I think they got the better team. I think they're going to win. They, they may, everybody said they're going to win in six, and they may. If they don't win tonight, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be. Uh, then you kind of go, wait a minute. I mean, momentum has been big here, right? Yes. Like, yeah. It felt like the Astros were desperate in Game Three, and then since then they've just kind of asserted themselves. Yeah. Hopefully it'll – look, I want to see a Game 7 because Game 7 is the most fun part that's of the sports, a, That's right? the best thing in yeah. the world, yeah, in, so, in any sport. In no any, I'll watch it in anything. No doubt. So is, hopefully it, we'll get that and uh, it'll be as fun as the series has been thus far. Uh, yeah. We should take our break 
On the other side, uh, we're hoping to catch uh, ESPN baseball expert analyst yes. for Baltimore Sun beat reporter Tim Kirkson. Yeah, he's uh, uh, yeah, he's got a podcast, and uh, he said it's going to be tight, but I think I can make it. So hopefully, I said well, we'll we'll try to get you because I want to hear his opinions on some things. No doubt, it'll be good. All right, we'll come right back here from the live casino hotel studio at Press Box. It's the Ross Grimsley Show. This is Stan the Fan for Glen Burnie Transmissions, located right in the heart of Glen Burnie for almost 60 years. If you suspect you're having a transmission problem, GBT can save you hundreds of dollars over taking it to the dealers for a repair. Make an appointment for a free diagnostic and estimate. Call GBT at 855-728-1841. Their mission is simple, to provide excellent service at a reasonable price. Go to their website at gbt-online.com to check out all of the five-star reviews. Let my friend Mark Schwartzman and his GBT team take the troubles out of transmission troubles. Call them today at 855-728-1841. Baltimore's favorite bar is just 771 feet from home plate. Sliders Bar and Grill, just steps from Camden Yards, is the perfect sports bar for Ravens and Cap season. With all of the games on dozens of TVs, daily specials include Mexican Monday, Wingding Wednesday, Bloody Brunch Sunday, and more with different drink specials every day of the week. Join Sliders for the Ravens game on November 10th and be there for the annual Sliders Chili Cook-Off. Think your chili is the best? You can register for $10 and enter to win the title. Sliders, for all of your sports and a chance to sample Baltimore's best chili recipes, go to slidersbaltimore.com. Hey, this is Stan the Fan. You know we're all hoping for a special season out of our football team. When it comes to dining out casually and affordably, I know a place is special every season. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. Not only are they known all over for their great steamed crabs and crab cakes, they have a couple specials you want to keep in mind. Monday night is crab cake night. Tuesday night is ribs night. Wednesday night is steak night, partnered with half-priced bottles of your favorite wines. And Thursday night is lobster night. So check out the Costas Inn this football season, and you may come back whatever the season. That's the Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard, 410-477-1975. Hey, welcome back, everybody. The Ross Grimsley Show is presented by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center and ask for Mobile One. Well, I think we got our uh, our friend, uh, Mr. Kirchin, with us. Tim, how you doing, buddy? I'm great, Ross. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for being with us. I know you're busy. You got that uh, podcast going. So, uh, Tell me a little bit, what's, uh, what has surprised you so far with this World Series with Houston and Washington? Well, Ross, everything has surprised <laughs> me so far. I did not see the Nationals going into Houston, where the Astros are 60-21 and 21 this year, and winning the first two games, beating Cole and Verlander, which had not happened once this year that Cole and Verlander lost back-to-back starts at home, not once. And then it surprised me when we went to Washington, not that the Astros made a, you know, got, got good again and made a comeback, but they came in and just wiped out the Nationals <laughs> three games in a row, outscored them 19-3, to held them to one for 21 with runners in scoring position. That surprised me. Right. So now we're back in Houston, and frankly, I have no idea what's going to happen next <laughs> after what we've seen so far. My guess is the Astros have all this momentum. They're coming home, and they should take care of things, even in Game 6 with Verlander tonight. But who knows anymore? After you've been watching this series, nothing 
has gone according to script. It, it, it has been – I mean, it, it seems like – we were talking about this earlier. It seems like, uh, uh, you know, Washington had the layoff, and you figured with the layoff they might be a little flat when the series started. Uh, and then uh, uh, they come uh, – Houston had played the Yankees, so they had battled through that and won. So they just kind of went in. It's like they just took a deep – we made it. They take a deep breath, and uh, Washington jumped on them. And uh, then they just kind of went, wait a minute, we're better than this. And they took care of business. I, I Personally, I think Houston's the better team. But uh, Strasburg pitching the night uh, against Verlander, who, who has not, hadn't struggled, but he doesn't pitch as well uh, in the uh, playoffs and World Series uh, as he you know normally does. So it should be, if they win tonight, Washington wins tonight with Strasburg, and po- very possible the way he pitches, that could happen. That makes a pretty interesting Game 7. Yeah, it really does. And then if they do get to Game 7, the question will be who's going to pitch Game 7 for the Nationals. I mean, they're hoping, of course, that it's Max Scherzer who missed Game 5 with with terrible back and neck spasms. But my guess for today is, and we've been guessing for this entire series, is that Max Scherzer is not going to be able to pitch Game 7. So who would pitch if they get that far? So that only adds to the intrigue. And if the Nationals win, it'll be the first time that the road team has won each game in a six-game series so far. So none of this makes sense, except that Strasburg has been fabulous in this postseason. And fabulous in every postseason. Ross, he's got a 134 career ERA in the postseason, six walks and 64 strikeouts. Right. That's how good he's been. You can make a very strong case that after Garrett Cole, the best starting pitcher in this postseason is Steven Strasburg, and he's got the ball tonight. He is such a different pitcher now. He, right. Four years ago, you know, when he got in trouble, he'd just throw as hard as he can yep. in the top of the strike zone and try to blow you away. Now he throws a 3-2 curveball to Kyle Tucker in the biggest mm-hmm. spot and just drops it in there for strike three. That's what changed, has changed with him is he can throw four pitches for a strike whenever he wants as opposed to just blowing you away with heat or that great curveball. Tim, back to Scherzer. Uh, what's your expectation as to how they're going to handle this? Is it going to be up to his discretion as to how he's tolerating the pain or is it going to be they're going to have to be convinced that he's okay before they trot him out? Right. They're going to have to be convinced because they know it's Max Scherzer and he's going to go out there (laughs) if there's any way possible. But they have to sit him down and say, Max, look, we we don't want a hero anymore. We need to win the game. And we, we know how tough you are, but if you're not physically capable of being great, then we're going to have to pitch somebody else. And that's what I think it's going to come down to. And that's why I think, at least for the moment, that he's not going to be healthy enough to pitch in Game 7 if there is one. But this is why it's so important that every moment uh, of rest for him is critical. And then they'll see if he's ready for Game 7. I just I just don't see it happening at the moment. I tell, I, you know, I've had this, and I think anybody that uh, you know has pitched has, has had this uh, this thing in your neck, and it goes down your back uh, on your shoulder, and it once it's uh, I mean it subsides a little bit. There's nothing that can say that it's it's going to still be there a little bit and will affect your command. So uh, it's so true. I'm sure they're going to watch him throw on the side if he's able to, 
and then make a because his command won't be as good. You just can't do it. Uh, I've had it, and I'm, a lot of people haven't. It's it's painful. So hopefully he, I mean, he can uh, bounce back and you know get it done. Right, and whether he does or not, they're going to have to start to hit here, Ross. Again, <laughs> one for twenty-one with runners in scoring position the last three games for the Nationals. And clearly right now, the Astros have the better offensive team, which they did during the regular season. And as, as, as gritty as the at-bats as the Nationals take, it's a relentless at-bat that the Astros take. They got 20 or more homers from eight of the nine spots in the batting order this year, including 50 homers from the leadoff spot. And if you look at the damage that's been done by the Astros, virtually every player, including Robinson Chirinos, in their on their team has had a big hit in this World Series in one way or another. So just when you think you got past the middle of the order, now you have Jordan Alvarez at the bottom <laughs> and right. others that make them such a dangerous offensive team because there is no let up. Their ninth hitter can hurt you almost as much as guys in the middle of the order. Right. Well, enough of the World Series. If uh, hopefully they, uh, I'm pulling for the Nats. Uh, I hope they are able to pull it off, especially tonight, and uh, then see what happens tomorrow. The the one thing I want to talk to you about is you got a lot of guys that are going to be free agents next year, big name guys. Garrett Cole being one of them. Uh, you also have uh, some guys that are going to opt out of their contracts. What do you, do you see this this uh, winter being an active uh, free agent signing? Thing, or is it going to be slow like it was last year? They're going to go for more one-year contracts like they've done in the past. What do you see? Well, I see Garrett Cole getting the biggest contract that a pitcher has ever gotten. Mm-hmm. And granted, we know how dangerous it is to give a pitcher a five, six, seven, eight-year deal <laughs> that usually don't work out. This guy, I think, is different. I think we saw it again the other night. His stuff is spectacular. But he also is a real thinking man's pitcher, and he knows how to make adjustments when somebody finally hit him the other day. So I think with the Yankees involved, the Angels involved, the Dodgers involved, and somebody else, I'm sure, involved, that price tag is going to go over $250 million for Cole. And I, I can't say he'll be worth every penny, but every team is looking for that number one starting pitcher, and this guy personifies it. So I think there'll be a very active market for him. And I think there'll be a similar one for Anthony Rendon. I mean, a bunch of teams out there really need a third baseman. Uh, The Mets, the Rangers who have some money because they're getting a new stadium. And I keep being told how much the Dodgers love Anthony Mm -hmm. Rendon and they could move Justin Turner over to first base and sign Rendon and let him play third. Or, of course, the Nationals could look at this and go, he's our best player. We can't let him go. So (laughs) I think we're going to see a real bidding war for those two guys um, this offseason. As for opt-outs, I just don't see Steven Strasburg leaving the Nationals. I think he's comfortable there, and I don't think he wants any part of being a free agent and out there for everyone to scrutinize. That's not his way. So I think he stays. And the other opt-out is J.D. Martinez of the Red Sox. What's going to happen to him? 
And my guess is, given that he's basically a DH, I think he's going to stay where he is also because I'm not sure he's going to get too much more money on the open market when he's a little bit of a limited defensive player. What about Chapman? Well, Chapman is an interesting case because he still had an excellent year as the Yankees' closer, and I think he's going to stay right where he is also because the Yankees are in a difficult spot now. They won 100 games in the last two years and didn't even get to the World Series. This is the first decade since the 1910s that the Yankees didn't play in a World Series, so I think they have to keep all of their assets and then go sign more guys. Tim, when it comes to Baltimore, I think that the trade deadline before in the regular season was a big moment, but it's not outside of the realm of possibility that the offseason could present some opportunities to Michael Elias and company to maybe make some interesting moves. Is there anything that you think Orioles fans should have on their radar as far as, look, it won't be signing a Garrett Cole or anything in that regard, but what kind of moves might the Orioles make this offseason? Well, they're going to have to be small moves, as you said, because they're not going to be in on, nor should they be, um, these huge acquisitions when you're you're multiple years away from being a real contending team. Now, if you could convince Garrett Cole that (laughs) come here and we'll be really good in four years, he's not going to do that. But if you can convince him, of course that would work. But that's not what they're going to do. They're going to have to do this slowly, methodically, much like the Cubs did. Remember when Theo Epstein took over the Cubs, he told everybody years ago, this is going to take some time. And it took much longer than people thought. But there are no quick fixes in baseball, not anymore, not when you've gone to the extent that the Orioles have. So I don't think they're going to look like a significantly better team going into next year. It's going to be subtle changes. It's going to be Rule 5 guys. It's going to be minor league free agents. And it's going to be that major league guy who they're going to take a chance on and hope it works out. There's a lot of hope going on with the Orioles. That's their best thing right now. Right. It feels like they're trying to you know, play asset management here and to sell high when possible. Like, is, is there any possibility that a team might miss out on somebody, a bat on free agency, and come calling the Orioles about a Trey Mancini or a Jonathan VR? Well, it's certainly possible, but one thing now, fellas, that is so different is the amount of information that all these Mm -hmm. teams have. I just don't think anybody makes a terrible mistake anymore with a trade like, hey, take this guy, it's really going to work out, when everyone already knows this guy is is not going to work out, and nobody goes into an organization and steals their three best prospects because everybody knows who's every who's who are the best prospects. Right. So I think the information age might end up hurting the Orioles mm-hmm. that they're not going to be able to sneak one by somebody else because everyone else knows everyone's information. Right. Tim, one last question, buddy, and I want your opinion on this and your thoughts. The professional baseball agreement between the major leagues and the minor league teams expires at the end of the 2020 season. And I know you've read up on this and listened to it, and I'm sure. What are your thoughts on this? Where is this going? What's this going to affect? Give me your thoughts. Well, first off, we can't forget, and you know this, Ross, because you played in the minor leagues. It is the lifeblood of the major leagues, and we, as an industry, has to do a better job of taking care of minor league teams and, more important, minor league players. I am still astounded 
at how poorly minor league players are treated in comparison to major leaguers. I mean, right. the, the money they make, travel <laughs> conditions are just ridiculously bad for the most part compared to the, the rich life that a major leaguer has. So that's the first thing we have to do. We have to pay minor leaguers more. Correct. We have to take better care of them because they're eventually coming to the big leagues. The danger is the best way to do that might have mean cutting back on some minor league teams, which I'm not sure is the right answer. I think we have a problem here, and, and I'm really happy that baseball is at least acknowledging we have to do a better job with our minor leaguers. So I'm all in favor of revamping the system as long as the first priority is giving better conditions and more money to these young minor leaguers who are trying to move their way up. Right. Well, thank you so much for being with us, buddy. I appreciate your time, and we'll talk to you later. Okay, Ross. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. Got you, man. That was quite interesting. We got some questions answered. That was uh, to the point. Always so. It's uh, yeah, always good. Tim's great. Uh, I love him. Few Madden baseballers plugged in. Yeah, he has a. I mean, he has an idea, and he's going to tell you exactly what uh, what he thinks, and he's usually right on point most of the time. No doubt. Perfect. Well, let me tell you about a place, Slider's Bar and Grill, seven hundred seventy-one feet from uh, Camden Yards, across the street. From Camden Yards, that is. Perfect place to watch all the home games uh, for the Raven and Caps, Orioles. Sliders has the drink specials every day and is home for a fancy, clancy beer. Go to sliders.com for all the Sliders events and specials. Well, buddy, thank you so much. I think this is our last uh, show of the season. I want to thank you especially. Of course. uh, It's been a pleasure. For all the the work and all the help. It's been quite... uh, uh, journey for me. This is something altogether new. It's been fun. Yeah. Uh, Got to thank uh, John Colston and Stan the Fan Charles uh, for their help and uh, getting me started here. Hopefully we can do this again next, no doubt. next season. Look and, forward uh, to it. I want to thank, uh, like I said, thank all you guys. Thank the fans for uh, uh, joining us and listening. Uh, you know, you Better can, days uh, ahead. Yeah, you can. Uh, oh, really? Right. You can uh, uh, Twitter me at rgrimsley2 uh, for, uh, you know, Give us your opinions on the show. You can email here, uh, text, whatever, and uh, j- just give us something that we can uh, work on for the future, what you'd like to hear, what we'd like you'd like for us to do. It would be great. But, uh, again, thanks a lot, and we'll see you in the future. Sounds good, man. All right, buddy. Take it easy. Cool, man.